This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. Hello, Engineering Career Coach listeners. I hope this week's episode finds you doing awesome in your engineering career. It finds me doing awesome in mine. And I'm excited about this particular episode because it's on a topic that's near and dear to me, something I'm going through right now that's called a career transition. So I'm going through one right now. I've retired from the military this past month, uh, moving into the private sector. So the interview really is something that was helpful for me. There's a couple of really good points that uh, the guest, our today's guest, James Lehman, is going to get into. He's got some great strategies, some great advice that comes from a 20-plus year career, 20-plus uh, changes in his career. He's going to get into those details. He's going to talk about the things that he's learned, oftentimes uh, through the School of Hard Knocks in career transitions, and it's just some great information that you're going to pass on. And one thing that's for certain in today's engineering industry, it's highly unlikely that you're going to remain with the same firm or organization your entire career. So no matter what your current situation is, whether you're actually in the middle of a transition, you're thinking about a transition, or the transition word has never even come into your mind, there's going to be some good information in today's episode. But before I get into the main segment, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode. If you're thinking about taking the FE, PE, or SE exam this year, I recommend that you check out PPI. They are the leader in engineering exam preparation. For a special 15% discount, use promo code COACH at ppitopass.com forward slash coach. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com slash coach. And use promo code COACH at checkout for the 15% discount on your order. All right, now I want to give you a quote related to today's topic to bring us into the show. And this one comes from Jack Canfield. He's the successful author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And he tells us that switching from one career to another can be scary, but it can also be a thrilling experience. Look at it as an opportunity to really go after what you want to accomplish in life and make a difference in the world. The key is to take small, conscious steps and prepare yourself for a successful transition. And this is just a great segue, a great tee-up for us in the discussion that I'm going to have with James Lehman, talking about these conscious steps that we can take to prepare ourselves for a successful engineering career transition. All right, I'm, I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest on the Engineering Career Coach podcast. I had the chance to meet with him shortly in St. Louis before departing there for Germany, and I'm glad he agreed to come on the show. I have with me the one, the only, James Lehman. James is the author of the new book, Maneuvering Your Career, 20 Strategies to Prepare You for Voluntary or Involuntary Career Transition. And James has either experienced or witnessed just about anything that can happen in the workplace relating to people and their careers. He himself has had 20 job transition and as a senior HR professional, he has spent more than 20 years working in human resources. James also is a certified professional coach and works with both groups and individuals helping people access their power so they can own their job and achieve their dreams. The show notes for today's show will be at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash transition. And as always, the show notes will contain a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books that are mentioned during the show. And again, those notes are located at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash transition. So James, thanks for being on the show, because I believe that the material on career transitions that you outline in your book are going to be extremely helpful for any engineer who's either transitioning now, thinking about transition, or wanting to be prepared if they have to 
go through an unforeseen transition. So thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thanks. My pleasure. I'm glad to be with you. And I'm glad you uh, made it over to Germany uh, uh, good and safe. Yeah, thanks very much. That was a, a physical transition. So uh, <laughs> very, very good. On, and we don't touch too much on that in the book. Um, but we go a lot more into the career transition side. And, and when we met back in May, uh, we talked a little bit about some of the transition that I myself am going through in my career. But for, for those uh, listeners who haven't had a chance to tap into your book yet, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the book? Sure. Yeah, I, uh, I wrote the book last year after I lost a job 20. Um, I realized that there was one common denominator in all of my career transitions, and, and uh, that was actually me. Um, I searched for what I was going to do next, and, and then kind of when I was at my lowest, it hit me. Why not use all of my experience, both the good and the bad, uh, kind of maneuvering through the workforce um, over the past 30 years to help someone else? So I enrolled in a coaching program with a, a coaching school called IPEC, and I started writing the book. That's that's awesome. And I've, I've heard quite a bit about IPEC before. I know that uh, Anthony Fasano is a graduate from that program as well. So what did you learn when you went through that process, and what have you learned through the process that led you to put this book together? I mean, you've, you've got a lot of wisdom that you share in that book with everyone. Can you share a little bit more about what, what you learned yourself as you went through all those processes? Sure. Yeah. First of all, it was very therapeutic for me. Um, I relived a lot of the horror stories, uh, not only my experiences, but also the, the crazy bosses and the, the dysfunctional work environments that we all work in every day. I guess I had a lot of a lot to say because the stories just kind of leaped onto the pages. Um, but but through the coaching training and, and also my faith, I, I know that everything is for a purpose. And so my passion now is to help others get unstuck from their careers identify those gremlins and limiting beliefs that are holding them back and help them move forward. The biggest premise of the book is to kind of take control now, whether you are still working or currently in between jobs, and take the steps necessary to put yourself in the back of the boat. The book kind of has a river theme because I, I liken my career to a river. Here in Missouri, we have those wonderful crystal clear spring-fed ice-cold rivers in the Ozark Mountains that are great for canoeing. And the thing is, they all have rocks that are just beneath the surface or rapids that take you around the next bend. And you never know what is going to hang you up or even tip you over. The river also has a power that is hard to control. What I found is by placing the paddle in the water in certain ways, you can harness that power to make the canoe go where you want it to go. Just like in our career, we don't know what's coming up tomorrow or next week or next year. But we can take steps right now to be sure we are prepared for whatever is around the next bend. Yeah, that's right on. What do you think are some of the things that engineer that might be able to do to get themselves prepared for those unforeseen situations that are going to come up? I mean, it's obviously it's hard maybe for some people to, to picture what that might be just because it is unforeseen. But the, what, what are some of the tips that you would give to somebody who's really not even thinking about a transition? Yeah, sure. I, I have 20 different strategies in the book, but uh, if we're talking about what you can do right now, I would pick these two. Uh, one is kind of knowing what's hot, knowing what's hot out there in the marketplace. And the second one is what I call visualizing the future. Can you tell us a little bit more about knowing what's hot? I think I've got my own ideas, but let's, let's, uh, let's hear what you get, what you got uh, going on with this one. Yeah, certainly. In my, in my book in chapter six, I talk about the importance of keeping your skills up to date. Uh, for engineers, I would think that that with the speed the world is moving, it is quite difficult to keep up with what's going on. Uh, something new is being invented every day, right? So the best way to know what's hot is to invent it yourself. <laughs> but as you are working on that, here are some tips for you. Everybody should be active on LinkedIn. They make it so easy to stay up to date in your industry. 
most of us think of LinkedIn as a place to connect with people and to build a network. And that is so true. And I think you guys talked through that quite a bit in some of your other other uh, podcasts. But it's also a great resource for staying up to date. LinkedIn allows you to join what kind of interest groups or groups that uh, that are kind of in your industry or you know for areas that might have other folks that are kind of doing the same things you're doing. And you can join up to 50 of these groups. And you can use these groups to stay current. Look for and join the groups that include thought leaders in your industry. You can include your alma mater, local networking groups, but also include national kind of affinity groups that, that relate to, to what you're doing. The more members these groups have, the better, because that instantly grows your network and the people you're connected to. A group members, including you, then can, can post articles, uh, research, you know, post questions, uh, and then these leading thoughts are, are sent to you. So you don't even have to go looking for their stuff. It is just all right there. It just kind of gets posted and you can kind of pick and choose what you want to read. Another great way to keep up with what's hot is to use that little known stock app that come that probably came on your smartphone or, or device. You know, you can add the stock symbol to companies in your industry, the company you work for today, companies where they're industry leaders or companies that you would like to work for someday. And check back there frequently. Uh, posted here are reports from stock analysts and press releases, their annual reports, all those, all that type of good information that um, that you can use to kind of keep up with what's going on. It's also a great way. Uh, because then you can start to participate in conversations and, and other leaders in your organization and, uh, you know, about what's going on and um, shows that you're engaged, interested in what's happening. Yeah, James, that's, that's, those are both uh, great, great inputs, especially the one on LinkedIn, because like you highlighted, we, we talk a bit about that in some of the other podcasts and some of the other material that we've got out there. You, you mentioned about being active and, and being able to uh, place articles and do things like that in those groups. Would uh, what are your thoughts on an individual just you know, kind of lurking, you know, observing those as opposed to being maybe more active? Do you think if they're active within those groups that that's going to help them perhaps get themselves with better connections if they need to tap into those on a transition? Absolutely, yeah. You know, the the, the great thing about LinkedIn is that you can use it for, like I said, building your network with people, but also for you know gaining insight into what's going on that's hot. But as those those articles or those um, research kind of uh, uh, points are being posted, uh, I wouldn't call it lurking. I would just call it commenting, right? So you can read those things. You can share them with others. You can share those with people in your network. You can even make a couple of comments. You don't have to write your own articles or write your own research. You can just read what someone else is doing and either agree with it or add a comment or post a question. The good thing about that then is that that puts your name and your attention to who you are out to your network. And so as you post those things once a week or whatever, even if it's just a, a quick share or a quick comment, um, it gets your name out there in front of the, the, those industry leaders. Yeah, that's, that's a great, great point, especially the, the piece. I think so maybe some people get um, intimidated by thinking that they have to create their own material. So I, I like, like your comment that you don't necessarily need to do that. You can you can look for other relevant material to that group and share that. So I think that's a, that's a, great, a yep. great point. Now, you mentioned a second strategy, visualizing the future. What, what can you tell us about that? This strategy kind of follows the book called Preparing for Change. Um, and I, I'll tell you, the average number of job or career transitions that we have today is six. So if you have not yet experienced a job transition, uh, I promise you most probably will. The best, I, best advice I have is to be prepared. And in the chapter on visualizing the future, I describe a process for building a business plan for you, kind of you incorporated. And I've adapted the, the small business administration 
business plan template. Uh, this would be the same template a small entrepreneur might might use before they go to their banker or or now on TV that popular TV show Shark Tank. Uh, you know they yep. they sell what they have to their highest investor, right? Yeah. So the research says that today the workforce is made up of about thirty percent freelance or subcontract workers. By twenty twenty, just a short short few years from now, the estimate is that the workforce will be about fifty percent contractors. So. I can tell you from working in HR for 20 years, it used to be that companies wanted to keep their contractors and employees as separate as possible from an administrative point of view because of fear of government regulation and employment tax considerations. But those still exist today. But the more modern HR systems include full design for how to incorporate contractors into the workforce so that managers can have a view of their entire organization when doing resource planning. So I used to figure out either tricks to, to you know, be able to get these contractors into the system, but now as I do these HR system implementations, that functionality is right out of the box. So again, that's another area that's hot. So, so we have to do what we need to do today to be able to make that business case why a company needs to hire us for the skills and experience we offer, whether it's for a regular employee position or for a six to 12 month contract engagement you know, down the road. And the business plan is a great template to use as a way to get prepared. I do have a copy of available on my website um, that's available to download if anyone's interested in that. And, and you'll have my website, you know, part of the, the materials for this podcast, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely put the link in there. I, I think, um, you know, something that's that's relevant that I just took out of out of this portion of that you just mentioned was the fact of the increasing reliance on outsourcing by, by the you know, by virtue of any companies. And and I can see this very much so in the engineering engineering industry where a firm may not have may not have enough business to be able to sustain having full-time individuals on staff so they reach out and they bring those people in and I think for any any of you listeners that are out there that are interested in, in you know visualizing your future as a freelancer as, a, as an engineer for hire if you will the, the material that, that James has that, that he's going to provide you is, is definitely a good resource to go and look at as you start trying to formulate what that might look like uh, for your future. So I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Any, right. any, other, I, any other tips that you, that you might share on this visualizing the future and the, this portion of, the, of you know, that portion of freelancing or entrepreneurial? Because I, I, that's something that, that Anthony and I get a lot of questions on from engineers who are, who are interested and maybe let's say generating their own transition, so transitioning from from a cubicle to moving out on their own. Yeah, and you know, um, I think the key there is to make sure that that you're you're always going to be working on what's hot. So what we talk about being knowing what's hot is good, but then how do you get yourself out there so that people know about you? And again, that's your network. Um, the, the best way to get projects or the best way to to have somebody hire you is because of someone that you know. And so um, the more you can get your name out there, the more people that you interact with, whether it's through volunteering or, you know, getting involved in your professional associations, you know, they always, of course, need volunteer leadership for, for those, whether it's the leadership committees or, or actually the committees that do a lot of the work for, for those associations. But, you know, doing those types of things to get your name out there. But then again, um, making sure that you're doing a professional job that the people that you're working with will recommend you that you're showing up every day in a way that you know shows that you're a leader and that you're an expert in what you do it makes a huge difference nobody wants to hire somebody that just says no we can't do that they people want to hire people that will get things done and so being known for for being a positive you know 
person that can actually work well with others. It all comes together around how you show up for the day. So even if you're in a position now that you're stuck and there's not a whole lot of advancement opportunity there and you don't know what you're going to do next, it's those people and how you show up in that type of environment that can make a huge difference for you down the road. Myself, I've been doing uh, contract work for a long time, and I get most of my work from the people I've worked with before. My previous bosses, people that used to work for me, I'm now doing a contract for them. They've moved on someplace else, and now they've come back and hired me as somebody to help them. So it all comes down to um, how you show up and how you know what kind of professional you are. Those are all great points, James. So one of the questions I actually want to ask now, based off of this, is you just mentioned that you've been doing you know your your own thing, this this freelancing HR work here for a while. I have to, and this is just an assumption on my my behalf, because you'll be able to you'll be able to tell me here quickly when I ask you the question. But there had to have been some level of fear or anxiety that you had going for, through each one of these transitions that you had, and then making this determination that you were going to go forward and do your own thing. And as I read your book, you started out as a not in the HR. You started off as wanting to be a, a, a CPA, and as you share the story in your book, they didn't pan out for you. Tell us a little bit about, about that transition that you had from wanting to go the CPA route, get into HR, and then you making these decisions to go into really kind of a freelance transition, because there has to have been some level of fear that you faced in each one of these steps that you made, but you somehow worked through that. Yeah, you know, in my book, I talk about my very first job in my out of college and um, getting terminated uh, after one year. So I, I, I was working for one of the largest Big Eight, back then they called them the Big Eight public accounting firms in the world. And I had taken the CPA exam twice and with no success. And the managing partner called me in and, and said he expected me to pass it the third time, like two weeks before. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, I lost my job. So at 22, I, I had been fired from the big one of the biggest firms and failed the exam three times and didn't know what I was going to do next. And so Right then and there, at an early age, I, it kind of totally changed my perspective on career and job and life. And um, I, I swore then that I was not going to uh, put all my bet, all, all my eggs in kind of one basket and, and kind of expect that the company was going to take care of me. I learned that probably too young of an age. But because of that, then I, I've always kind of taken care of myself and looked out for myself what I was going to do next. And I think that's kind of helped me along the way. I, I've always been kind of in a position during the last. 30 years as things have happened in the industry that I've been in, in a good position for that. So during Y2K time, when all, the world was going to come to an end and all the computer systems in the world were going to stop, um, I was in a position of a consulting where I was actually using my accounting background to help companies select and implement new systems. And since I had managed a payroll department before, all the, the work related to HR kind of came my way as well. And so that's how I kind of transitioned into HR. Because I've had that consulting background and then working in HR for all these years, um, now, as the, the world is changing to from these old ERP systems to the cloud solution, again, I'm in a good spot where I've got that experience and people, you know, want, you know, need the help for the, what I can provide. So the fear has always been there. But again, courage, I think, is what overcomes that. And so the courage I learned early on that I could do, you know, I can do what I need to do to accomplish that, whether I'm working for somebody else or working for myself. Um, it's always been for myself and what I'm doing next. And so. It does take a level of courage, but again, if you have have the skill set that's what that's hot, and you know the people, you can work with the, your previous employers or people you worked with in the past. I've never really had to go out and find work too hard. It's really been kind of just come my way because of the relationships I've made. Oh, that's brilliant. So I, you know, I hear through that. Just again, it's something that Anthony and I 
touch on over and over again in a lot of the episodes and the shows we do here, as well as our writing, which is you know developing that network, um, developing a reputation of excellence in the work that you do, and and just showing up and being there and participating and providing value to others. And uh, and I think your story right there sort of reflects that as well. So would you share with with some of the listeners maybe a story from the book or your coaching practice uh, that you find typical for somebody going through a career transition? So we we touched a little bit here on on fear and and bringing courage to the table, but there's probably a number of other emotions and another uh, a lot of other concern as as somebody's sitting getting ready to go through the rapids on one of these career transitions. What are what are some of the other things that you found that people face when they're going through this situation? Sure. Yeah. You know, I've always said that I think the toughest part of any career transition is making the decision that it's time to move on. You know, hopefully this decision is something you can choose and yeah. the time is right for you. Right. Amen. But yeah, the most typical issue I find is getting past the typical blocks that keep us stuck or in a, or in a position that will prevent us from achieving our goals. Realizing that we all have those limiting beliefs or gremlins that constantly tell us that we're not good enough or who do you think you are or you tried that before and failed. What makes you think it will it will be different this time? I will tell you that after I got fired and failed the exam three times and was told I would never get another job in public accounting, you know, at 22, I took a job that was just the worst thing ever. Eight days into it, I said, this is not for me. Forget it. I'm out of here. I quit without a job. I called another one of the big eight firms at the time that I'd, I had actually gotten an offer from a year before out of college and said no to. And I went to talk to him, kind of got the courage to go talk to him thinking that at least he could help me, you know, find the job with one of his clients. He offered me a job on the spot. I took the exam one more time, passed all four parts. And if I would not have had the courage to go out and do that when I was told that you can't, then I don't know where my career would be today. So getting past those things of, you know, you've, you've, you've failed once before, you've tried it before, you got to get past those gremlins and those limiting beliefs so that you can get past that. And Especially if your transition is involuntary, you might even be dealing with thoughts of, the, of that failure and even shame. But the hardest part about dealing with a situation like that is you've got to go out and tell somebody else and you got to tell your story because people, everybody, everybody you talk to has gone through a career transition. And the number one thing they want to do is help you. And you don't, they won't, they can't help you unless you tell them. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And that's, and that's great. It's in, in, as you and I've talked about before, and as I mentioned here, right at the beginning of the episode, I'm, I'm in the midst of a uh, career transition myself. And certainly one of the things that I want to be able to do, and I'm doing in a part through, through this discussion that we're having right now today is to be able to share my story and to connect other people with individuals like yourself who can help them get through those, get through those rapids. Cause you're right. There's just, there's a lot of uncertainty there's a lot of trepidation, but as long as you've got a network and you have the connections and you have some kind of an indication of where you want to be, it makes it much more simpler to have that that support network there. So that's an right. absolutely great story. All right. Well, and you know, just one more thought on that. Yeah. You know, when we talk about being prepared, it's not about oh, I'll I don't need that now because I got a great job. It's about we're taking the steps every day to, to build that. So. You know, to me, I still do this every day. I go out to LinkedIn. I log into LinkedIn every day. I look for people that I know. I, I look for people that I met the day before. I reach out. You know, I just became a coach not too long ago. And so I reached out. I just did a search for coaches to find people that are doing what I'm doing. And I sent them a note to say, hey, I'm new to coaching. 
I'm building my network and coaching. Would you be interested in linking in with me? And probably 90% said yes. So, you know, you got to do it every day because when you need that network, it's too late to try to build it. You need to build it every day. That is so true. And, uh, and, if, and if you haven't gotten linked up with Anthony Fazzano yet, I got to make sure the two of you guys get linked up on, on LinkedIn. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I've got another gentleman I'm going to introduce to you uh, as well. I think that uh, two of you would, uh, would hit it off. Well, James, thanks a lot for the material that you that you shared here during this main segment. Um, James is going to stick around, everyone, for the Take Action Today segment, and we're going to make sure that you also get uh, get the details, and those are going to be in the show notes, for how to get to his website and also how you can get your hands on a copy of his book, Maneuvering Your Career, 20 Strategies to Prepare You for Voluntary or Involuntary Career Transition. James, stick around with me. In a moment here, we'll, we'll come back in the today Take Action Today segment, and we'll be right back. Before our Take Action Today segment of the show, I'd like to offer another word from today's episode sponsor. Our listeners often ask us what exam prep materials or review courses they should use in preparing for the FE, PE, or SE exam, and hands down, we recommend PPI. If you plan to take your exam soon, we have a special promo code for listeners of our podcast. Use promo code COACH for 15% off your order at ppi2pass.com forward slash coach. Again, it's PPI, the number two, pass.com slash coach. And use promo code COACH at checkout for 15% discount on your order. PPI's mission is simple. They want to help engineers pass the FE, PE, and SE exams and advance their careers. Quality is paramount at PPI. In fact, it's the driving force behind everything they do. With best-selling exam review materials developed by PPI founder Michael Lindbergh and other experts in the industry, they have been the source and solution for passing the FE, PE, and SE exams for more than 40 years. To see how PPI can help you pass your exam, and for special offers and discounts exclusive to our podcast listeners, Visit ppi2pass.com forward slash coach. That's PPI, the number two, pass.com slash coach. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. Today I'm going to give you one tactic I use to help guide me through my transition and then ask James to share one more strategy that you can employ for career success. So one tactic that I'm using for the transition that I'm navigating through right now is one that I've used throughout my career and that is a timeline. But on the timeline, I've mapped out each option that I'm taking and taking into account each of my family members. Um, so obviously it has changed throughout my career as my family has grown, but I, but I take into account not only what it is that I'm looking to try to achieve, but what my family members are trying to achieve. So that would be my wife or either one of my two children. And so for example, schooling or major events for my kids are in there, milestones in my wife's career, opportunities that she has coming up, um, also education, etc. So all these different elements get merged into this timeline. Um, it's this tool that I've used from the day that I entered the Air Force over two decades ago um, through my retirement from the Air Force and into my movement now into, uh, into the next chapter of my professional career. So you'll find a version of that loaded into the show notes. You can tap into that. It'll be in an Excel spreadsheet format and you can go in there and work around with it and see if it, it's useful for you. So that, that's one tactic that I'm using. James, what additional strategies can you suggest that can help a person navigate their way through, the, through a career transition? 
Well, this is very timely because I just learned last week of another friend of mine. I, I talk about one in my book, but another one that just lost their job after 27 years with the same company. Um, quite a shock for them. And um, so as we talk about being prepared, uh, again, he'd been there long enough that he, he was sitting comfortable and thought that, um, you know, he would he would be there through retirement. He had done a great job of building contacts and um, a network. The unfortunate thing that I didn't even think about earlier was that he had done all of this and he had all of this built up on his smart device that was owned by the company. Mm. Wow. So he had his entire network, all his contacts, his only email address that anybody knew was his company email address. His only phone number, cell phone number was his company cell phone number. And when he was told his job was eliminated, they collected that phone. And so he not only left the organization, but he left all that great data behind. Oh, wow. So I've now added that to my next, you know, my next book. Number one will be build your <laughs> network, but also make sure you have copies of it. Make sure that you um, are backing that up somewhere. Make sure that you maybe have a separate email address and a separate phone number that's not just for the company because um, you need to make sure that you can take all that with you in it wherever you go at a moment's notice. Wow, James, that is that's a powerful strategy. It's actually one that I've never thought of my own. So that's uh, very timely, and I appreciate you sharing that one with us. So I really want to thank you for what you're doing, um, bringing your knowledge and experiences and your strategies, just like this one that you shared with us, out to the world. I really enjoyed your book myself. I, I truly enjoyed it. And uh, I want to make sure that uh, all, of, all of you that are listening, again, in the show notes, you can, you can get yourself to uh, the site that James has where you can get your hands on a copy of that book, Maneuvering Your Career, 20 Strategies to Prepare You for Voluntary or Involuntary Career Transition, um, as well as the worksheet for your, your personal business plan uh, that James mentioned earlier in the show. So, James, again, thank you very much for coming on the show and, uh, and helping all these engineering professionals out there get themselves ready for navigating the turbulent waters of transition. Thank you so much. Good luck, everyone. Well, that's, that's it for this episode. Again, the show notes are going to be located at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash transition. And until next time, get out there and engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.